0: Jerry DePoto joins us every Thursday at this time, 8.30, for the Jerry DePoto show here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Hi, Jerry. How are we doing today? Pretty good, Mike.
1: I'm, I'm traveling today, so committed to, to being here from in the airport.
0: Well, thank you. That is incredibly nice of you. That, that means the world to us. Are traveling for fun or for business?
1: Uh, um, somewhere in between, I, I'm, uh, headed to a, a reunion of, uh, one of my college baseball teams to, to celebrate with, uh, people I haven't seen in a lot of
0: years. That's awesome. Where'd you go to school? Where did you play?
1: I have Virginia Commonwealth university in Richmond, Virginia, which cool. is not easy to get to from Seattle.
0: I find <laughs> I would imagine, uh, I don't want to even know how many different uh, flights it's going to take for you to get there, but cool. That sounds kind of awesome. Are there other guys who made the league and, and, or still work in baseball that you'll see there?
1: Uh no one that played in the in the big leagues, but quite a few guys have played minor league baseball and uh my roommate who is going into the, the baseball hall of fame is an executive with the nationals and my other roommate actually birthed the major leaguer. <laughs> well, I guess his wife did, uh Chad Pinder. Uh his dad was one of my college roommates and uh, so it, it all comes around we're we're connected 6 degrees to baseball.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. Well, it's too bad you weren't at the ballpark yesterday. The uh, media was there uh taking some batting practice, catching some fly balls. You might have found Justin. Uh he might have been your uh you know, an that Was my day. Yeah. That was my day. Played a little third base at uh at Community College in Shoreline. You might have been might have done some good scouting yesterday, Jerry.
1: Well, I have to say that despite the fact I was not down on the field front and center, while I was taking care of uh, staff contracts and such up in the the box, we were looking out the window and had a pretty good view of what was going on. Yeah. And I assessed who had game and, and, and who might be a little bit short. Okay, good. <laughs>
0: well, unfortunately, Angie Mentink wasn't there to show us all up this time because that's sort of how it went the last time we were over there. Uh, you've also, I'm sure, gotten a chance to watch some of the postseason here. I think it's been great, great baseball to watch over the course of the last week. What is it like for you to watch postseason baseball?
1: You know, it's a, this year, maybe more than most, it was a little sour for me the, the first couple of days, but mm-hmm. like any baseball fan, you start getting involved or invested again, which I think is natural. And it's, it's the drama of the postseason is why we do what we do. It's, it's, to, it's to get to the top of the mountain. And, you know, obviously now you've got five teams left and they're, they're close. They're where we want to be a year from now.
0: Can you find yourself watching? Do you end up with a rooting interest in one team or another as you're watching a game?
1: Yeah, mostly teams with whom I've worked or people with whom I've worked at this point. You uh, know, I probably will, always will have a soft spot uh, for the Mets in the National League because that was my team as a kid. But generally speaking, now just the people that you work with, and uh, I guess on the on the board, quite a few people in Boston that I've worked with through the years. So uh, I guess if I had a rooting interest, it'd probably be the Red Sox. But. Uh, I just want to see a great baseball game more than anything.
0: What do you think of the play the other day with the uh, with um, uh, the right fielder kicking the ball out? O- I mean, the ball bounces off the wall, then the ground, then the right fielder, then goes back over the wall. Is that the rule you think they're going to have to change? Because the idea of making the runner only advance two bases just seemed wrong.
1: It, it does seem wonky, but one of those things that that when it happens once in a blue moon or generationally like this. I, you probably don't go through uh, a, a heck of a lot of brain cells trying to figure out how to change it. You just chalk it up to, wow, that was a moment. <laughs> and I, I don't know another way you can really deal with that because it is, you do have to limit uh, the, the, the way players can advance in, in both directions, actually, because there's, you want to avoid any type of nefarious behavior to, to, to try to adapt to a rule.
0: Well, that's what I was worried about is that, you know, now that other people know about it, in theory, a right fielder or another outfielder could kick that ball or push it out of over the wall. I mean, oh, sorry. It went out of bounds. I guess you're going to have to stay at, se- at third instead of scoring, right?
1: I think like so many things it, in baseball, and, and here I, I'm an advocate for what umpires do or have done. It's it's really hard to get it right uh-huh. 97, percent of the time, and they manage that somehow, but. Leaving it to their judgment in these situations, what's right, what's wrong, I I think is the only logical way to handle it. Give them the authority to manage that moment. Yeah,
0: I would agree with that. Uh, The other thing I think we've seen in the the postseason is just how the stars have really carried their teams. I was kind of going through the box scores yesterday morning and after watching the games, and it's like, oh, man. All of the great astro players each had multiple RBI nights, and you know you had Mookie Betts and Corey Seager carrying the Dodgers, and it was Freddie Freeman hitting a home run that that, that put the Dodgers ahead. How important are those, are, and are those great players in the postseason? And is it even heightened then compared to the regular season?
1: I think that's You know, if we go back through, you know, the coffers of our mind, that's what we remember from watching baseball growing up, and. You know, the, the, the great moments for the great players. I will say that baseball has a long history of, of let's say, the lesser knowns who rise up in October. You know, mm-hmm. the Brian Doyles and the Buddy Biancolanas. But by and large, it's, it's the big moments for the Reggie Jacksons and, the you know, roughly anybody who, who currently hits for the Astros <laughs> or Dodgers. But I, those players, that's why they're stars, because they drive lineups at the, the crucial points in the season. And, and this is that
0: yeah Joe Carter hitting his home run. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. A lot of the great memories of childhood baseball certainly come from that. You mentioned in your um in your sort of post season end of the season wrap up uh press conference that and I think I get your quote right that you have your bench set. What exactly does that mean in terms of what you're looking for in the off season?
1: No, I just think our bench players currently play for the Mariners. you know one of the things that we we want to make sure that that we honor is. You know, through the last three years, we have built a a really likable core of players in the big leagues. We also have have a pretty robust farm system that's developing talent. And while we don't want to go into a season holding spots, so to speak, we want to put the most competitive major league team on the field that we can. We do want to provide an avenue for those young players to, to continue to grow and get opportunity. And and that can be seen entering through part-time roles or supporting roles, rather than you know, just waiting to see when a young player may show up. Uh, we don't want to block them from the opportunity, and and that could include players currently on the team, you know, guys like a, a Dylan Moore or Jake Fraley, etc. Or it could be players from the minor leagues, and we want to make sure that that's fluid, and then we don't we don't lock in. Uh, or lock out those young players.
0: Well, and then I guess the follow-up to that, or or what would go with that, is that means that your your shopping list includes you know starters, right? Guys that are going to have a significant role on your team beginning in the next season.
1: That's the goal, and we're going out and we're going to search all the markets. We want to add talent, and you know I, I did mention that our priority is making our lineup longer. We we want to be a more consistent offensive team than we were this past year and, and you know as the year went along we got better and the lineup methodically got longer and now we would like to go ahead and, and add something to the middle of it you know or to to key portions or parts of our lineup that that can start driving run scoring in a different direction and we, we think you know that and in addition to you know building up some you know starting pitching depth is is a focus for us this offseason
0: you mentioned uh, Julio Rodriguez during that press conference also and wondering if he could end up not just on your team and contributing next year, but maybe even on an opening day start role for him. In order to get there, what does he need to do between now and then?
1: I mean, there's not a lot he could do on the field, frankly. He had a wonderful minor league season. Uh, he's right now about a thousand plate appearances as a minor leaguer, which for you know the, the elite level players, that's about the time they get on the major league radar. Sometime you know between 1, a and, and 1,300 is when they start to pop up. Julio's in that zone, and uh, he had a terrific Olympics. He had an outstanding season at two different levels. He'll come to major league camp with an opportunity to make the club. It's the defining uh, decision for for Julio. Will primarily be based on how he performs early in spring, in addition to whatever we do between now and then, uh, because we do want to add to this team and, and we don't want to forsake the opportunity to get deeper. And if that happens to slow down, The arrival of some players, then, then that's something we have to understand as as part of the price of doing business. The subsidies that could affect Julio's arrival.
0: When you mention uh, a thousand plate appearances, I just, I just happen to click over to to uh, the page for Wander Franco, who had 950 at bats. I don't see the plate appearances, but it's got to be a few more than that. Um, And before coming up to the majors and everything he did this year and. You know, trying to trying to find comps for what we could end up seeing with Julio and others. How important is that international scouting element of what you guys do in in building this thing? We hear so much about the draft trades, free agency, etc. But that international scouting portion sure seems to yield some really impressive, important players.
1: Uh, some of the best players in the world live outside the United States. Many, actually, and you know we're to the point now where I think we're north of 40 percent of the players in our league are are not domestic-born U.S. players. And and we to, to answer the question on scouting, we have built what I think is a, is a really strong international scouting crew led by Frankie Thon and Kevin Fox, Andrew Herrera. They do a wonderful job, but we've, we've realized a lot of talent from that space, including players like Julio and Nuelve Marte, and, and we will continue to really beat the bushes in that space. We, we think that is the, the next great frontier in scouting and player acquisition, and you know there's, there's been a lot of talk in recent years about the potential for an international draft. So we spent a lot of our time focusing on how we can be more prepared, you know, in the non-traditional or, or typical countries. You know, Dominican Republic, Venezuela are, are generally robust in, in talent. But there's a lot of talent coming out of countries like Curacao and, and, and countries in Europe and the Far East that, that really haven't been you know, scouted in a, in a thorough way. And we're trying to change the way we do
0: that right now, actually. Andrew Jones, Curacao, right? Wasn't he from there?
1: Yes, Andrew Jones, Xander Bogarts, yes. Elton Simmons, pro Profar. It's, a, it's really been a—it's been a, a cascade of really good players wow. that came after Andrew. It's a—it's a wonderful talent.
0: That's really cool. What a, what a—that's a pretty darn good list of players. So, Jerry, thank you. Uh, let let us let you go. Enjoy your reunion. Uh, have fun, and we'll talk to you again next week.
1: All right, man. Appreciate it.